0: Hello everyone, it's time to eat, drink, and be merry with your hosts Lisa and Nancy. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio. Every first Saturday, we get to hang out with the diva, Big Blend Radio's uh, food, wine, and shopping diva. And you know her, Linda Kassam. She's a food, wine, travel writer who loves shopping and loves shoes. I might as well get the shoes on board right now because I don't think she's ever been on Big Blend Radio without talking about shoes somewhere. Uh, But today she's joining us to talk about Arizona wine, and she went to a very special place called The Wine Collective in Scottsdale. So she's joining us to talk about that. You can go to the website, the-winecollective.com, and also keep up with Linda on her site, allingoodtaste.info and she's got an article about this wonderful libation des- destination just go to blendradioandtv.com and type in wine collective so welcome back Diva Linda. how are you thank you very much i am absolutely wonderful thank you so i have to bring the shoes up how can we not so do you have wine tasting shoes like can you put like a
1: wine charm on your shoe or something like that well you only have to go once in high heels to understand that that's not appropriate. You're going to be doing a lot of standing, and if you're going to, if you have place, uh, if you're in a city where they have a, a section of it that has um, uh, wine bars or or whatever, and you're walking, maybe not so much. So flats are good. Flats with with uh, charms or flats with sparklies or whatever, or tennis shoes or whatever it is that you know make your feet feel good, but look awfully good as well. So uh, anyway, no high heels, no nothing. I wouldn't even, I would do flats. I would not even do anything with a one inch heel. I've tried it. It doesn't work, you know, by, by after you're tasting a while, you're sort of, you know, um, your balance isn't as great as it should be. And if you're certainly at a winery out in the middle of nowhere, you'll get dirt over everything. And, uh, on your shoes and I have certainly had my heels stick in the dirt in the vineyard. So you learn quickly, none of that, you know, Where? something. How is it you have wine, do you have like shoe tips for everything we're talking about? Boating,
0: Alaska, trudging <laughs> to see bears. I mean, now wine tasting in from a bar to a vineyard. I mean, okay, so, you know, she is a shoe diva not just the food, wine, shopping diva, but I think this is exciting about Arizona wine. I know Peggy Fiendaka, you introduced her to our show. Uh, we now Absolutely. do our first uh, Wednesday wine time, wine time with Peggy. Um, her and her husband, Kurt, own LD, uh, LDV Winery in Arizona and their wine tasting room is in Scottsdale and then they have their, their um, actual winery in the Cochise Stronghold out in Southeast Arizona. But you know, Nancy and I have done some wine tasting in that area at the vineyards and in uh wilcox arizona as well and i think you know i always talk to people and they're going wine in arizona i know we have wine in all 50 states which is still hard to believe it's hard to believe england (laughs) now has wineries coming up which is what you need to go suss that out diva linda you know yeah you you got to do that but um Arizona having vineyards, it's been an interesting thing. So what I really like about what your article and that there's a collective is it puts Arizona on the map as a wine destination. And the wine I've had,
1: I mean, it's incredible out there. People need to put it on their list. Well, in our mindset, going wine tasting means you're at one winery you're tasting their wines. I've been to Peggy's ldv Winery and it's, it's spectacular. We even did a show on it. And of course she's now on with you, but um, right around the corner, you know, 50 steps and you're at something called the Wine Collective. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I wish every area that has a wine tasting section that you can go from one winery to another in a city but also have this. So what this is, is it's a winery that uh, doesn't serve just one wine. The wine list is curated by the owner, Zoya, and, um, and she does it in a, and her tastings are very, very interesting. So you're going to a tasting room in Scottsdale, Arizona where there are many other tasting rooms around there. So there are lots of lots of places where you go to taste, single wines, single wineries. But in this place, you get to taste wines that are not offered at the other wine tasting rooms. So there will be no duplication. This wine list is curated by the owner and a small lot of wineries, oh. sometimes allocated, Allocated wines, so allocated wines is a term used that says my winery has, I'm producing only a thousand cases a year, and I'm going to allocate to this particular tasting room or this particular restaurant or this particular event, I will allocate four cases, and that's all you get on my stay. day. That's so they can spread it around, and allocated wines are generally more expensive both sure. on the wholesale and on the retail side, but it's very exciting, very, very exciting to go to the wine collective, sit down there. And of course it's in Arizona, as I said, so most of the time you can be outside, but if you're an inside person, you have a beautiful tasting room behind me is their bar and, mm. um, wonderful tasting, uh, staff. And what they do, so we sat outside. So I went on a press trip with them and we sat outside and the owner, Zoya, came and helped us. And uh, she had some of her staff come as well. So we did a tasting that it uh, tells there's a wine tasting menu. You, I think you can see that in one of the pictures, videos or something. Um, and you can order all reds all whites, sparkling, or a combination. And then there's one that's, I think it says, let me help you out. Mm. It's very interesting. So the your wait staff comes up and no matter how many people at your table, I think we had six, went around to each person and said, do you like reds? Do you like whites? Do you like rosés? Do you like champagne or sparkling wine? Depending on where it came from, of course. Mm. So you blah, 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 or, well, you know, my favorites really are, uh, you know, I'm a champagne girl or I love reds, whites, not so much, but, or for myself, I'm a seasonal drinker. So uh, reds in the winter, whites in the summer, rosés all year, sparkling wine, of course, all year, no matter what. So she listened to each one of us and each one of us at the table had a different tasting experience. Imagine that. I think we have four wines off, That's the, off unique. the list. It's very unique. They, they explain the wines as they pour them. They, you know, they're very patient and they wait for all the group to finish before they um, go ahead. So it's very interesting. Uh, as in most warm climates, Grenache seems to grow well and taste really good. Rosés mm-hmm. are another one. Um whites, yes, Viognay will take, come out uh, in a hot climate they will come out more tropical tasting. If you're in a colder climate they come out more like uh are more stringent, some say cat pee, something like that. It's it's not. But <laughs> it's a, it's a it's kind of a very strict strict type of taste. And some people just love it. And um Grenache, I think, tastes very good. I think, um, um, thinking about the cab was fine. Um, blends are wonderful. Never be wary of blends. Blends let the winemaker show off their ability to create something very special for you. So um, I like blends. I think that that's very important. Mm-hmm. And uh, And if you're gonna have a tasting and a blend is on the menu, and you're able to taste it. You should. So anyway, uh, this is one of my favorite tastings, I think. And and Zoya was out there wow. leading us, and each one of us, like you know. So what's very most important, I think, is we didn't all get stuck with the same reds. We didn't all get stuck with the same whites. Everybody's palate is different, and this place caters to them. That's very very important. So I know many of you go out and you bring your spouse or a partner or girlfriends mm-hmm. and they go, Oh, I only I only drink sweet whites. And you're going, oh my God, we're gonna be at this table of sweet whites all day long. No, we all got something different. I like that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I like minerally tasting Sauvignon Blancs mm-hmm. and anything with a mineral taste or in res that like a volcanic soil taste to it. Mm-hmm. But if you give that to somebody else sitting across from you, they're gonna so, oh my god this is twigs and leaves you know you're talking really about tannin so you could take a whole bunch of people or one person you can both have a different tasting experience and have fun 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 it's really quite wonderful and i
0: love that because even if you're going with a group of people you know so many of us do that oh let's go tasting and then they go oh here it is and then people are bickering about stuff and you know I think, in a in a way, it also encourages you because somebody else is trying something to taste something that you wouldn't taste other than it being forced upon you. It's up to you going, you know, I'll have what
1: she's having kind of thing like Harry and that actually happened quite a bit. So somebody Mm -hmm. sitting across drinking a sweet white and I'm going, oh, my gosh, Um, they were so enthusiastic about it you know, I wanted to sip. And then I thought, damn, this is good. This is what we call a, a patio pounder. So oh, yeah, when yeah. you sit out, you just pound it out. We're getting, season, We're getting into that season. Patio pound. We're getting into that season. And mm-hmm. I, I think most people know this, but in your wine tasting journey, most people start with sweet white wine. Mm-hmm. Then they go to sweet red wines that might be port or something like that. And then their palate it gets enough of that and if it, it, and you say well you know maybe i'd like to try something that's not quite so uh that's different a little bit different and, and just like when you were young and what did you like what kind of candy did you like when you're young you like those sweet licorice i know i'm weird. licorice candy bar things there but as you grow older especially yeah about the third well, about it's like chocolate journey, okay let's yeah.
0: chocolate's a good example licorice i yep. that was just a
1: that's well, a whole yeah, different Hershey experience. Hershey was wonderful. Hershey's Until was wonderful. you got
0: the dark chocolate was, ah. Eh, as a kid, there's no sugar. Yeah, Where's trust. my
1: sweet? You know, That's it's right. the same thing. Then yeah. somebody introduces you to um, a Swiss chocolate oh. or uh, any, any well-made chocolate. Mm. I, and all of a sudden you go, oh, mm. I didn't know what I was missing. But if you're younger or just starting out in your chocolate journey, you would have thought that the, the Swiss one was, well, you know, I don't know that yeah. I like that, and it's the same with wine. Generally, you start with sweet. Your journey moves forward. You're less sweet, less sweet. Finally, where you get to really understand what your palate likes, what you uh, enjoy, and and at what time of the year. Once again, I, I say, and I'm it's okay ginger. if you
0: stick with sweet wines for the rest of your life. That's what
1: it needs to be. You know what I mean? I agree. I have a sister who, to this day she still drinks sweet wine so when we have when we have a holiday dinner she's sitting there with her sweet uh prosecco or uh, something's very sweet you where know, the rest of us are kind of you know uh are into cab or whatever but um it's very uh, it's you up know, to it's you just fine. It's, it's just fine. like art it's like art you know what i mean it's like coffee that, like to me i don't important. like a lot of
0: sweet coffee like when i was First drinking coffee I want. All the sugar and sweetness. Now I'm like, just give me black. I don't want anything else in it,
1: you know. And you should understand that that is just fine. And you Mm -hmm. should also understand that somebody gives you a wine and you go, well, you know, I didn't like it. But the other three people at the table are going, oh, you know, that's wonderful. That's just fine. Let me tell you a story. So I used to run a wine district in California Mm -hmm. Was the executive director. And I didn't know much about wine at all, but I was hired to um, organize them and get the their classes and all the all the other stuff. But we were doing an event, and the, and we had to do uh, tasting notes. So I had I think I had ten winemakers and myself sitting. I'm taking notes, sitting around a table, and for heaven's sakes, tasting the same wine. One would go, "Oh, this has got too much of a fig taste to it," and the other one would go, "I don't taste." You know, I taste um, cherries and other one go, well, I get your cherries. I get your fig too. You know, so each one, these are professional winemakers and they all had a different take on a wine. And let me tell you, it's very difficult to get tasting notes on that. It was kind of like, vote all in favor of saying there's some cherry in, you know, form. All I have to do is get a majority, you know, all in favor of saying, you know, it has a earthy, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: earthy notes to it you know raise your hand. So I'm just telling you that whatever you taste and whatever you like up to you have a nice day. Uh, and palettes are very different around the United States and
0: around the world and also you know when you think about art, the arts, you know, everybody likes music in a different way. Like I cannot get a jazz lover to po- probably like heavy metal. Maybe I could depending on the heavy metal artist. But it's um And other people will see, we just did an interview with artist Victoria Chick. You may have been on a show with her before. And it was about the Arnolfini wedding portrait. This is a painting that was done in the 1400s and it was done by a Flemish painter, Jack van Eyck, I think his name is. And no matter what, no art historian can come up with exactly what is going on in regards to the symbolism. Is she pregnant? Is she not? Is this about fertility? Is this really a wedding? Oh, no. No, he had another wife in the background. Like this scandalous painting, which looks so innocent. And then you look at all the religious icons. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. It was spring. No, I'm going, no, it's fall. Look at these (laughs) colors over here. It's this big thing. And by the time we were done with the interview, we're all looking at the painting. She had written this article. And then she gets off and she goes, oh, my gosh, I didn't see. Nancy saw something. I saw something, too di- and she didn't see it. And she's, you know, the art person, the art historian, and she's going. No one's agreeing on anything, but by looking at it and this conversation, the possibilities. I think it's a very creative process, and I think places like the Wine Collective allows people to have these conversations. And you're doing different wines from different terroirs, different areas, different, you know, all in the state of Arizona, which I think is another beautiful thing. So it's a creative process and it's exciting it gives you something to talk about other than politics for god's sakes we oh like, god
1: let's and have the, wine and <laughs> i know and have- a really good thing about the wine collective is they have uh, an event uh, uh, that you can buy a ticket to and you'd be part of what they call uh, learning about wines through your senses and so oh, yes they so if you take a professional tasting class, uh, 101 says, go out to the markets, get all the scents in your head that you possibly could have, uh, and then come back and we'll taste wine and you'll be able to tell us more about the notes. that you get green pepper? Do you get fig, do you get whatever? So this is a class that you can take where you learn, what, what do you mean when you say something's earthy? There'll be a scent that you can smell, that will tell you that's earthy. What do you mean by cherry? Are they Bing cherry, red cherries? Oh yeah, yellow not cherries. Oh boy, yeah, no. right? You but know it could us. be. <laughs> so anyway, it's a great. It's great. I think it's maybe fifty dollars a person. Not offered all a lot smaller classes. These are the types of things that if you're interested in wine, take at least one of those classes. Um, mm. You have to remember that as you, when you were growing up your the palette of foods and things that you were introduced to are going to be very narrow compared Mm -hmm. to when you're older and you're on your own you're making your own meals you're going places seeing things tasting things you need to expand your palate so that when you taste the wine you go oh gee Mm -hmm. you know i i can i uh, I can recognize that and and I can and we we as a group can discuss it, which you were just talking about discussing, and I told you that even on a round table of winemakers, one wine and nobody's agreeing to anything, all fine. it's all fine. it's what you like, it's what you can smell, but you'll do a better job if you so if you were if you were in a home that didn't serve a lot of fruit, fruit wasn't a big deal. your sensory memory Mm. doesn't have that you just it just doesn't doesn't make sense maybe oranges or something you do but if you go to a a farmer's market during spring or summer all the scents come out melons oh yeah everything Mm. smell it enough it's in your head when you drink something you go oh that has a touch of raspberry a little bit of grapefruit with the minerals Mm. grapefruit and minerals my favorite
0: uh, see, we've we got we've got good taste. <laughs> Just saying, we got good taste. That's right. Well, you everybody know, everybody follow Diva Linda, Now we have good taste. No, see, but it's that's our taste. But we also like pickles and all kinds of salsas oh. and oh, oh, oh. What are do oh you doing? Okay, pickles. Okay, wait. I had pickle juice and moonshine together. Yeah, it was like a yeah. It, it, I'm serious, like a weird martini kind of thing. It was yeah. like a whole like you can do it with olive juice too. But it was pickled juice and moonshine, homemade moonshine. And I'm serious. This was cool. Um, and I thought of you. And after that, I couldn't even text anything. So that, sorry. <laughs> I was happy. <laughs> but 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 this is the thing. We've got this taste, you and I, I think, maybe because our birthday, maybe it's got our astrology sign. Who knows? Maybe, maybe someone needs to do wine by your, your zodiac sign. Oh, wouldn't oh, that be fun?
1: Oh, my. Oh, Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I like right that. I'm, I'm trying to figure out about underwater wines. I looked that up
0: after. Listen, everyone, yes. you got to go back because we just did the interview with the uh, the president of Princess Cruises uh, talking about underwater wine and this amazing 360 experience that you had uh, with Princess Cruises. So, and that's up, uh, everyone, on blendradioandtv.com. But we, listen, we went, we had a whole evening with about four of us googling underwater wine and it's all your fault (laughs) and now
1: we're like well what do you mean we can't have it i said well we have to all go on the princess cruises to have it well you can have it it's so exceptional and um i don't know i'm going on the princess cruise again in uh october and i'm hoping fingers crossed using maybe john the president's name saying you do you have an extra bottle of that that underwater. Do a podcast wine.
0: from the cruise yeah. with the
1: wine. Oh, that'd be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, drama. Yes. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah. you've
0: got to do that. You got to do that. Okay. I like this. But this is the thing. I think what you've really brought out in this conversation is this excitement and joy that you can bring into it. I think it would be a really good date night for a couple to go, especially it the beginning. Would. And this is why I say this. You know, when you first start dating, everyone starts doing this. Oh, I love this musician, and maybe you don't, and you just go along with. Oh, yeah, I love that, and you know it's you're full of it, right? And you, sh- you know, I understand, but really, just be who you are, and I think doing this kind of thing will knock that away, where you can actually start to have a conversation about what you like. And it is okay to like different music. It's okay to have a different kind of car style. It's okay to like different political parties. It's okay. Well, maybe, not. I don't know. But it <laughs> is okay to be different, right? And have these opposites attract. And I just say for a date night, I think this would be a really cool it thing would. to do. And a gift, even the event you're talking about would be a great gift, a great oh. date night where you're not standing, sitting in, in, in for couples and, are inundated with their kids and all these things you have to do. You don't want to sit there and say, well, Johnny went poo-poo, you know, did you see, you know, all of that. You need something to jolt you out of daily life. And this is something that can bring you back to your senses of who you are. You know what I mean? Just getting on a deeper level of that.
1: I agree 100%. Uh, You know, I love the date night thing. Uh, Mm It would be good for, if uh, it would be very good. If you have uh, out-of-town friends, oh, yeah, you want, you want to take them somewhere special and they've heard about or, or would like to know more about Arizona wines? Here's the place, one-stop shopping, and somebody has curated this wine list. That's really important, uh, and it changes. Remember, I talked about allocated wines. You only get so many. Well, wow. when they're gone, they're gone. And maybe they were hit, maybe they weren't. So we get a different one on the wine list. I mean, it's just spectacular. And then you know where to go from there too. Like if you you just arrived in Scottsdale or Phoenix,
0: go to the collective, you taste wines, you get a feel for, hey, well, we're gonna do a wine tasting adventure. Maybe you're renting a limo through, you know, south or the central part of the state you know, then you at least know where you're going. So you can go on a tour that takes in everyone's, you know, taste, you know. So that's I think that is a really good way to do it and to see the the wine country and but go to the ones that you want to go to. I want to touch on this because I know you live in Arizona now, right? Are you, Southern California girl part in, time. Arizona, part yeah, time part in Arizona, part-time in Arizona, but going to Scottsdale because this is something I always think it's is neat. Is, it's an art town. So it's like, Arizona's Santa Fe in a way, right, but adding the wine part to it kind of completes the package
1: it does, and there's of course lots of art in public places there's oh you know I like that to, uh, you know I really believe in that I really do so that you, you, maybe you don't maybe you feel um uncomfortable going into an art gallery, you know mm-hmm. everything's going to be nine hundred dollars or whatever, but here's this beautiful art interesting different as. It's, and it's in the shopping district, which makes it really good, really super. <laughs> and there's a guide there, and there's also tours. I love tours. I love foodie tours. Mm-hmm. So you take them. They're wonderful. They always generally include a winery. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to do that. I, My husband and I now, whenever we travel, uh, try to do a culinary tour. Somebody taking us to the spots that they like that maybe we wouldn't have known about, and then we can go back later. A wineries too. Wine tours are fun. I don't particularly like the ones where you're on a bus of fifty people or twenty people. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe get it down a bit. but, um, you know, these somebody's pointing out the things that maybe you wouldn't see. So anyway, Scottsdale is a fabulous place. I love it. I love going there. We found a Mexican restaurant that we love there. So yeah, mm, very something. And listen, the right
0: wine goes with Mexican food too. Seriously. Oh, I
1: love their sangria. I love their. Oh, that's um, a good thing to point out. Yeah. I love. I love sangria. And it, and, it's not, and it is difficult to make a really good one in a restaurant. Just depends on who's back there, you know, mixing it up. But mm. I like it and I can you well, know, say do it.
0: And listen, that's the thing, too, I also learned from, you know, our chats with Peggy's like, when you're cooking with wine, don't do like the, the discount wine, like it, it still affects what you're cooking. If you're making a sangria or a mimosa, you still want what you, you enjoy. If you bought some wine and you think it sucks, don't cook with it. You know, don't, don't use right. it in the sangria, maybe, you know, because you'll still have those, that flavor come through. You know what I mean? And it's not just the discount stuff because some discount stuff actually is really good. I, there's a store in the back East where we are, where you go in, you have no idea about the wine and you kind of go by the girly label. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, ooh, that yeah. looks, it's got a dog on it. I'm, I'm getting, it. it's got a horse, you know? And, you know, the, it's from around the world. I see New Zealand, South Africa. I'm like, can't go wrong doing it. I can't believe sometimes it's like four or five bucks, 10 bucks, 12, 20. And it turns out to be some of the best wine I've had. So it's really kind of an, it's interesting to me. I just feel like we should let go of, like we know what we want, like what we enjoy, but don't get too boxed into that. You know what I mean? If you know you really don't like sweet wine unless it's at the end of like a dessert wine, Mm -hmm. okay. But I mean, just kind of go out of the box sometimes and try different
1: things. That's what I like about these collectives and wine bars. Here's a fun tip. Trader Joe's. It is Hmm. wonderful if you have the time to go to Trader Joe's. And I think Trader Joe's is in many markets, not all all states, whatever. And If the wine manager is there, you can ask them about wines. And they will spend time showing you, you know, you say, well, I like, you know, Argentina wines. Or I like... um, Italian wines and then they'll ask you a couple questions and pretty soon you're in that section trying something that they're recommending and it generally is very good and very inexpensive and why are these wines inexpensive especially the uh, international wines because most of those countries um, give subsidies to the wine the wineries when they export their wines so um, I think that's Yeah, so they can offer a much lower price because their government is helping them yeah. promote their wines. We pretty much don't do that in the U.S., even mm. uh, even on exports. But wow. uh, the other countries do. And so a wine that probably should be $25 may only be $10. That's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. South, Af- South African, Australian,
0: New Zealand, like you're saying, Chile, Argentina, I mean, those... You
1: really can't go wrong with those. I mean, go wrong with that. mm -mm. Well, and and you know, there's a basic that says wines from warmer climates will have more have a fruit forward taste to them. Wines that are in a cool climate are going to be much leaner. Mm-hmm. And uh, not, and are not going to be fruit forward so much, and you taste more of the minerality of it and some other things. So just remember when you're looking at a wine list, if it's in a hot country or a warm country, it's going to be more fruity, both whites and reds. If it's in a cooler climate, it's going to it be stripped down a bit. Um, mm. So uh, that's always helped me a lot. But I'm looking at a wine list and going, mm, what do I want? Um, mm. Do I need something heavier? Do you need
0: something lighter? So anyway, there's a little tips for you. Oh, uh, just to piggyback on that, you know, Steuben County comes on, IFTWA uh, uh, by the International Food Wine Travel Writers Association. We work with you on that, on the shows here on Big Blend Radio. And they're coming on a show again. They were on last year, uh, Steuben County up in uh, New York. And we were so close. And I want to go because they've got that Corning glass. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, all in it. I'm like that. I'm like glass, blown glass, any kind of, I'm in. Uh, But I may break it. But anyway, they talked about, you know, they're by the Finger Lakes and all of that with the wine region. And they posted a photo a couple days ago on Facebook of ice wine. And this is, you know, Nancy and I are looking at this. We've done all these shows and talked about ice wine. And just seeing these red grapes in the snow and ice, you know, we've never really seen it. It was just such a perfect, I know, it was beautiful. And we're sitting there going, I know. We've talked about it. I think we've even tried it years ago. But this is this to see the grapes in the snow. I mean, are they frozen? I mean, we need to do a show on ice wine because I think that is just how did the grapes even stay there? Did they I mean, I mean, come on. Most of them say, hey, the snow's coming. I'm getting off. Like, why aren't they picked already? Like, I don't know. But it's like, that's I'm, I'm fascinated by it now, just by that photo. Like, I need to do a thing on that. So I is agree. it sweeter? It's sweeter.
1: It's very ice sweet. Wine. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very sweet, it, which sort of makes you think, well, if they, the grapes have been frozen, wouldn't that? What, yeah. But, but they have a whole system. They ha- have figured it out. And ice wines are wonderful. And they come from grapes that uh, have been in the snow and so forth. And uh, have a very unique profile to them. So sure. uh, I like it hey so we've done
0: underwater wine arizona wine out in the desert and then here we are with ice wine we did good good wine primers too very good yep, yep. everyone again uh, wine dash uh, let me get this right the wine collective so its <laughs> the is b-wine-collective.com again just type in wine collective on blend radio and tv.com and you'll see uh linda's article there and, of course, keep up with Linda, Diva Linda at all allingoodtaste.info. She's here every first Saturday because she has to be first because she's the diva. And, you know, <laughs> she's got good shoes. And, of course, keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Before you go, where's the next destination?
1: Um, I'm hoping Egypt. We'll see. Diva on a camel again. There we go. New shoes. I'm going to do, yeah. And, you know, when I go to, uh, when I transfer over to Washington uh, in May, mm. I'm going to be doing a little bit more there. One of the things I want to do is I think we're going to do maybe a little bit more on Farm Stays, Woodby Island. And I want to go back to the Chihuly um, exhibit. It's a whole thing. They mm-hmm. change it. I was there before. Plus, they have the restaurant with the weird stuff in it. So, um, Okay, let me do an update on that. Ooh, but it's a garden too. I mean, come on. Anything with a
0: garden, Diva Linda. Everyone's, you're on our, our garden getaway show at the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. Our first series of panels happening every third Friday. So uh, that was cool. That was so much fun. And now I'm all gardened out. and can't wait. Garden Magazine coming out. So (laughs) thank you so much and happy traveling and happy
1: happy sipping, Diva Linda. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And to all of you, remember whatever it is you like is just fine.